0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast, another good win for Liverpool at the weekend and we've got plenty to talk about this week, so joining me to do just that are pod regulars Umara Naz in London, how are you doing Umara?
1: I'm good thanks Neil, how are you?
0: Yep, in good form, great to have you back on.
1: Thank you, good to be back,
0: been a Uh, while. Yeah, it's been a a couple of months I guess, we were just discussing that earlier.
1: Yep, I think yeah.
0: Anyway, nice to have you back. And alongside Umara is a pod regular in
2: Belfast, Dave Dunning. How are you doing, Dave? Yes, I'm good. Thanks, Neil. I'm a happy man after the weekend's resulting performance. So, um, yeah, good. How are you?
0: Yeah, grand. All good now, now that uh, this recording seems to be working and I can hear you. It? It's all good. <coughs> <laughs> so we'll move on from there and we'll we'll begin with Southampton. Obviously, being a bit of a bogey team for us in the, uh, in recent years, I we say, certainly the last couple of seasons, knocking us out of the, the league cup at the, the semi-final stage last year and a bit of right. We, I think we managed not to score against them in four games last season. Then there's all the stuff of the transfers and their fans getting a, a bit antsy with us, um, and their board getting pretty antsy with us about Van Dyke. So it's kind of developed into its own bizarre little, little grudge match this one um but one we needed to win certainly uh, and we did so what did you make of it Holmes?
1: Yeah, it was a really good win, um, considering the fact that it's come off the back of an international break because we normally come back and and don't have many good results. Obviously, City and United being the the last two. So it was really good to come back and just carry on from where we left off because we had three or four really good results after that Spurs game. We've had a run of really good games, scoring goals, not conceding any. So, yeah, it was really good to come back and see that we can just carry that on um i have to admit before the game i was really nervous uh with matic being out injured and lovren having to come back in especially since it was southampton any other team i well, may not have been so so nervous but you know what the yeah. southampton fans think of him and and obviously added to everything else that's been going on and you know the 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 abuse that he does get it was we wondered how he would cope but you know he did pretty well All things considering, coming back after, you know, a month or so off after the Spurs game. So that was um, positive because however you feel about him, we are going to need him in these upcoming months. So, you know, anything that, you know, is, is good for his confidence is good for Liverpool. Um, yeah, all in all, it was kind of quite a professional performance. Although we went out to attack, and you could see that we intend that's what we intended to do. Kind of still held back and controlled the game, and and didn't do anything crazy. Whereas previously, you might see us conceding silly goals and and becoming under pressure. And I know Southampton maybe didn't offer much, but you know they didn't park the bus like they normally do either. So that I, I love the way that that Liverpool controlled the game. Um, yeah, Salah scoring again, just can't stop scoring, can he? Um, two goals now, two really good goals. And, you know, considering he can't finish, <laughs> yeah, he's he's, do, fun, he's doing huh? pretty well, isn't he? He's do, yeah, we don't need really need a number nine, do we? We've got um, Mohamed Salah. So that was all good. A uh, clean sheet as well. So I just, it was just, I can't fault anyone on that performance. I mean, it's just the attack obviously speaks for itself and they every week they get the, the praise and, and rightly so. But I think with the defence and the midfield, although they weren't brilliant, I think if they do a competent enough job, then I think we can, most more than often than not, we're going to win games. They don't have to be amazing. They're all good, quite kind of solid seven out of tens and that's enough really, I think, because the attacker are so excellent. I think if we can just keep that, until maybe we do change personnel in defence and, and midfield, just get them doing kind of a steady job. I think that's enough, really. I mean, against some teams, you know, you will have to up your game, maybe against the Chelsea's and the Cities and, and teams like that. But the rest of the time, I think that should be enough. So, yeah, it was just a really nice way to kind of get back into the swing of things, hopefully now, and with these long, this long run of back-to-back games coming up, it, a positive start.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I think you're right to you touch on that—the long stretch of games coming up—and it, it was important to kick that off with a with a win. And Dave, coming to you on on that, Umara mentioned Southampton and that they they didn't park the bus like perhaps um, they did last season. And and she's right, they, they didn't. But then. Uh, they didn't really offer much going forward either, which is uh, something that you also touched on. It was a bit of a strange performance by them. I mean, what did you make of it? And then your your own thoughts on on Liverpool's performance?
2: Yeah, I thought they were fairly passive. They don't look they don't look as though they've particularly committed to defending really well, or particularly committed to going out and trying to score goals. And they they looked for long spells in that game like they were kind of caught in a in a halfway house, where they kind of looked like they had some intent on trying to break on us because of the way they were a little higher up the pitch than you would think, and and they were kind of waiting to win, waiting to, to for us to concede possession rather than them really go and try and win it back. They didn't really do enough to, to gain possession by that. By the other hand, in the right areas of the pitch and. I think they, it looked to me as though they found themselves caught between two stools and I don't really understand what their game plan was, I suppose. Um, You're right, it was a strange performance, but um, I I didn't, I didn't see any particular direction that the team were looking to to take and can only assume that reflects on the manager. So, you know, I hope for his sake that, that things start to, Look a bit more encouraging in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, so they looked a but, bit, a bit rudderless, didn't it? Yeah, rudderless is probably probably a really good a really good phrase to use for that performance. But it was it was it was a passive and without any real intent of doing one thing or another. We we took full advantage of that. The thing that I noticed most was that on other days, a team like that, um, if you kind of think back the whole last year, who who were kind of came with the same type of um, approach where they wanted to defend but didn't really know how to do it very well and yeah. tried to attack but didn't really And we absolutely pulverised them. Um, you know, I think we beat them five on the day, maybe six. and one, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it might have been six one and it could have been double figures. We didn't do that. We got the first goal, but we remained controlled. And we've seen that become a trend over the last well the game since Spurs I suppose um, you know Huddersfield, Maribor 3-0 could probably pulverise them if we wanted to um, West Ham um, and and now, now Middlesbrough and I'm just wondering is the team maybe starting to mature a little bit um, not be so kamikaze and, and maybe that message that Klopp has been preaching for so long of patience has has kind of worn out or, or, sorry, not worn out um, sunk into the players where before it seemed to be we needed to be patient until we got the first goal and then we just went hell for leather whereas now we remain patient um, and when we do get up ahead of steam you know, we have a five or ten minute spell of pressure we can absolutely dismantle the team and take it apart but it doesn't mean that has to be like that for 90 minutes and I'm just... I'm just wondering, is the team now starting to realise that? And Umara was absolutely spot on when she said it was a controlled performance, and that's exactly what it was. It was professional. Um, it was methodical. It was tactical. And it was really encouraging to see. That's what I took from the game, I suppose, more than, more than anything else. And I think these games against the likes of Middlesbrough are becoming more and more important because it seems to be more and more often that. The the top six are beaten the rest of the the rest of the league the other fourteen I think it's eleven games in a row now against the the rest of the league the top six have beaten with a plus goal difference of thirty or something so you know these games matter because the likelihood is that it's going to be probably four or five teams are all going to win and gain three points on you if you don't come away with three points in these matches.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it does seem that, uh, and it is it's
2: being borne out
0: this season, that the gap between the, the top six and the rest is is growing, and um, that the competition between teams from those two groups tends to tend to only go one way, or is tending to at the moment, anyway. So Holmes, a, a measured performance, patient, but at the same time ruthless and really never in doubt So we we mentioned that Southampton really did didn't do one thing or or another. Um, they seem to have enough of the ball in the, in the opening exchanges before Salah's goal without ever really doing much with it. Um, and it takes a, a wonderful goal actually to, to set things off. But, um, so talk to us a bit about Salah and his goal and, um, and then Liverpool kind of going through the gears from there, because it wasn't really in doubt after that goal. It seemed like everybody in the stadium, including the players, just kind of went, right, Oh, we've got that. Now we'll go on and win.
1: I don't know what else to say about Salah. It's all kind of been said. um, That goal that he scored was just exquisite, wasn't it, really? It's his best
0: just one yet, c- isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is definitely, and you know, like as I mentioned before, you keep getting people saying that he can't finish, and his goals are lucky, and you hear all sorts of rubbish. But you know, he's he's proved with the both of those goals definitely, and and some previous as well that he's, he's he can <laughs> of course he can finish. I mean, he's not breaking records like he is with not being able to finish to score goals. So he's obviously showing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, once that happened, it kind of just. Everyone relaxes and then, you know, 10 minutes later, he does it it. again. A brilliant pass from Coutinho. Coutinho's, you know, they're working well together now. Him, Mane, that Fab Four up front is doing really well. Firmino as well. They're all just, it's it's all gelling now, isn't it, really, with those lot. And um, dare I say it, it kind of reminds you a little bit of the 13-14 season with Suarez and Sturridge. Just scoring for fun, really. I mean, OK, in the beginning, it, it didn't seem like that. But at the moment, that's where, where it looks like it's going. And long may it continue. You know, you don't know. Obviously, you get strikers who have barren spells and, and how go through purple patches as well. So... We just hope it's going to continue. But if he carries on the way he is right now, then goodness knows what kind of numbers he's going to rack up. But, you know, you do expect there to be times when a couple of games where he might not score, have a little bit of a drought. That's perfectly normal and natural in, in the cycle of the season. So that's um, to be expected. But, yeah, I mean, um, Coutinho getting in on the act as well with that's the assist amazing. and then with, with his own goal as well. And, you know, people kind of questioning whether he's fully here mentally and you know is he preparing to leave but you know he seems like he's you know when he plays it you can't tell and when he celebrates his goals he, he certainly does it with there's amount of passion that you would expect someone who's fully committed to the team whether or not he leaves in January or summer or whatever you know I guess that saga will run on and on um but if he's as long as he's doing the job on the pitch you know, I have no issue with him at all. Um, we'll see what happens in January. Hopefully, you know, we'll hang on to him till at least summer. I hope, you know, because it seems like it's working really well at the minute. You don't want to break that up, but, um, and then you're to coming in, in the summer. So if he does leave, I guess, you know, we're, we're getting a, a good player in, in his place, but, you know, that kind of play was always going to be missed. So it's all just working really well with Liverpool at the moment. And then Mane is, doing what Mane does. He's maybe not scoring, getting the numbers that Salah and, and the others are getting, but he's definitely, the kind of dynamic works a lot better with him in the team. Yeah, For Meno, I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later on. It, again, he didn't score, but, you know, his, his movement and his vision and it, it's just, it gives the others the, the kind of license to do what they do best as well. So, yeah, they're, they're, you just can't really um, fault the, the front the attack at the moment is this brilliant at the moment
0: you're absolutely right I mean the four of them it is a scary prospect and and you've got um you've got Sturridge on the bench who I think we'll touch on later on as well and um it's only a few times that we've we've had them on the pits together this season um, in a competitive game, so it's nice to see that that gelling at the moment as you say and Salah. As you're right, you rightly say, breaking records—the the fastest ever uh, Liverpool striker to to nine goals, I believe, faster than, than mm-hmm. Robbie Fowler, um, and fourteen in eighteen starts now, and top scorer in the Premier League at the moment. So, cannot complain at all with, with what he's doing. Um, so, I'm going to come to you on on this one, Dave. And Umara rightly expanded my salad question to the um, to the rest of the front four and. Uh, and how they, they all played their part yesterday. And Bobby Firmino, he's one that, that often stirs debate, shall we say, uh, in, in, in Liverpool circles, um talk about whether he scores enough goals and, and, and the like. But I, I, thought yesterday was, was, was an excellent performance by him. I think he, he's fundamentally involved in, in certainly the first goal, if the first two goals. It's a, it's again a, a fabulous contribution off the ball for the full 90, I would say, and, and on the ball in parts.
2: Um, so I believe you had... I, I don't buy into the the argument that we need a, a traditional number nine who who's going to score goals. And there's there's lots of them out there. You know, there's there's Murata's, there's Lukaku's, there's Lagazette's, um, there's, there's Harry Kane's. You know, there's, there's lots of players up there at the moment. Now, we have a, a goal scorer, and Salah at the moment, and you've, you know you've you've quoted all the stats, and Umar you've, you've talked in lengths, and he scores all types of goals. He scores goals from distance. He one on ones with a goalkeeper, tap ins, um, he's sniffing them out in the six yard box, headers. headers. You know everything, every type of goal this guy seems to be able to score. He's even bundling them in over the line. You said that the the first two goals, Neil, and. and Definitely. But also the third goal, you know, the first goal, he wins the ball back on the edge of the box, which we all know he's so good at. Um, And then he he moves right of Salah and just just makes the defender have to make a decision um, as to whether to to stick or twist. And he does neither um, and gives Salah a little bit of room to be able to to bend the ball into the, the far the far corner. Um, the second goal he gets into a scrap with Van Dyke, and again his movement off the ball is so good that Van Dyke again doesn't know whether it's stick or twist, he tries the gamble that goes out to him and there's the gap for Salah in, a, in an absolutely traditional number 9 position with a number 9's run and a number 9's finish, um, filling that hole and then the third goal is the one I like the best where he's he's drifted out left, he picks up the ball, exchanges it with, with Mane and then he moves into the box and he's in the box with Ronaldo, who is just standing in the six yard box. Salah's just standing at the back post. And while Mana has the ball, Firmino makes three runs in three directions. He gets the ball, a lovely turn. He gets his shot away and it rebounds to Catino, who's loitering in the edge of the box. Now, all of that considered, the one thing that people will point out is he should have done better with that chance. And yeah he should have done better with that chance. And if he does do better with that chance and the other effort that he's unlucky with that he makes for himself in the second half, then, you know, we're talking about an absolutely top-end world-class centre forward because every other part of his game is unbelievable. His touch, you know, you just need to look at, at the his first touch for Oxley chamberlains goal against against West Ham and Oxley Chamberlain's poor finish robs him of, of probably the best assist of the season. His pressing, obviously, you know, we talked about it at length. His movement off the ball is unbelievable. He's physical. He can battle. He runs the channels. He makes space for other people. His link up play, um just even little clever headers down to people to link the play up and hold the ball and, and, and allow us to get you 10-15 know, yards higher up the pitch and I get that we'd like him to score more goals, I totally understand that, but I looked at, at Drogba and I looked at, at Tevez, Drogba at Chelsea 2005 when they absolutely ran away with the league, scored 10 goals he scored 12 goals the season after that, then he scored 20 which is great, but then he scored 8-5, 29 in a good season, 11-5 and five. so Twice in eight seasons, he scores over 12 goals. Now, Firmino got um, 11 in the league last year. United's arguably best side of Ferguson, 2009, where, where Tevez was the nominal central striker with, with Ronaldo and and Rooney, either side of him. He scores five league goals that year. So, yeah, we'd like a, a striker. We'd like Firmino to, to add goals to his game and make him a, a complete centre forward. But we don't have to have someone who's going to skip 20 goals a season in through the centre of the pitch to be a successful side.
0: No, I hear you on that. I mean, in in a lot of those sides, it was, as you mentioned, the wingers or the the nominal wingers, the wider forward scoring the goals. And and while you've got the top scorer in the Premier League, doing that from one side, I mean, I I think... um, as long as Bobby's contributing, and otherwise, it's 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 not necessary that he's he's chipping in with twenty five goals in the league. I mean, he has already scored plenty. Let let that be said, and um, he, you know, it's another assist. I forgot actually; it was his shot um that Cannon back for for Coutinho, so another another assist there at the um, the weekend as well. So, what do you think uh, on Bobby Holmes? Um, anything to add?
1: Well, no, I was just gonna um comment on something that Dave said about not having that number 9 we have that number 9 and and I think if Sturridge yeah. starts every game in his fear, he's going to get you 20 goals a season but there's a reason that Firmino's number 1 on the on Klopp's um team sheet every week because he doesn't provide uh, Sturridge doesn't provide what Firmino can he has that but he's not using it so that that tells you a lot about how what Klopp thinks and how he wants his um attackers to play so I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see anyone coming in so you know I mean if, if he wants um, more than just goals from his um, attackers then that's the kind of player that you're going to see and you're not necessarily going to want to uh, have that uh, see that number nine that everyone's always talking about coming in because to, for Klopp a number nine is, is more than someone who just scores goals and like I said he's got that in storage, so he's not using him so that means that um, his ideas are different to what we think and then um, he's it's working at the moment, and what he thinks is, is the most important thing, and and Firmino's providing that. So, who are we to argue? Eh? And he's showing it on the pitch. There are some people who will sit there and say, you know, he's not doing enough, or he's not scoring goals. But there's so so much stuff that he does that you can't, you know, that stats don't show. So you can't kind of always look at the stats, or he's not scoring enough goals, or we, or if he's not have, he hasn't got enough any sorry um, enough assists, but you know, you, all the off-the-ball movement, the, so kind of the passing, the vision, and all this kind of thing, you can't really, you can't quantify that with numbers, so that's something you just have to see and watch and look, and then see how the others are getting the space. I mean, maybe Salah wouldn't have the goals if Firmino wasn't creating the chances and, and creating the, the space for him to do those things.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, they, they all um, work so well together and, and facilitate each other, but certainly um, Firmino's work rate and uh, and just tenacity and winning the ball back and I mean without, without that you don't score that first goal I mean that's no. that's just a fact so I mean I think he, he contributes fully and he, I think he's actually pro- you know quietly probably the most important in there although perhaps not the most
2: spectacular but yeah I mean, the re- the reality is Neil he doesn't ever really take up a number nine position on the pitch it's nominally the way we seem to play now, it's it's either it's not a front three. It's a two and a one being Mane and Firmino with, with Salah as the most advanced or a one and a two with with Mane and Salah being the most yeah. advanced. So, you know, even the even the call him a number nine, I don't think is correct um, because he works predominantly in that number 10 position. And that's where most of his best works. That's where most of his works done. And you use the right word, he, he facilitates and in the same way that Drogba and and probably a better likeness to Firmino is Tevez, the same way they facilitated those two sides.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pull in defenders all over the place, creating the space for Salah and Mane to get to get in behind. And you're right, they kind of even if they line up as a three, they kind of when they drop and when during the game they kind of invert into like a, a yeah, a uh, backwards facing arrow in a way, with Firmino kind of dipping deepest and uh Mana and Salah kind of a little bit further up. Usually Salah as the as the tip, as you say, but it it is kind of reverting into that. So I mean it has kind of changed in that in that last season we were seeing more of a more of a it's not conventional, a conventional false nine, is there such a thing? <laughs> but um but yeah, I know what you're saying. His position is kind of adapting and, and has been adapted during this, the course of this season. Yeah, just, just before we leave, so I wanted to touch on, on the midfield because we saw, um, uh, Jeannie, Henderson and Coutinho midfield and, I mean, Southampton have a decent, a decent midfielder. I mean, it's, it's Stephen Davis, um, Ramo, 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 Ramu, I don't know exactly how to, how to pronounce that. Romeo. <laughs> Romeo, that's the one, yeah. that's the one I <laughs> Easy for me to say. Romeo. Anyway, <laughs> so sort they've of him and, and Davis and who's the other in there? It's a decent <laughs> midfield anyway. It's a, it's a decent midfield three. We're concentrate um, now. Uh, is he the, the third? I, I suppose, yeah, well, he, he maybe would be. Maybe he plays a wee bit further forward. I'm not sure, but they're, um, they're handy enough and, and they're solid enough. I mean, they don't concede a lot of goals. Our three really handle it well. I think we moved the ball really, really quickly. I think that was noticeable. I mean, I don't know what you made of it. Um, cause I think probably all of us might have Emory Chan in, in our, in our, in our three, but it's functioned very, very well without him. Um, uh, what did you make of that, Dave?
2: Well, I don't have Emery. You in my don't, three. of
0: course. So. I don't
2: because because that's just those are just my feelings on the matter. And um, well, I know lots of people are going to disagree with me, but um, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's great. I do, but I just don't think we're as as good when he's in the side. Yeah, there was ahead. an argument
0: for that. Like so, I mean, go on. Um, what did you well,
2: make well, and, and the The kind of is. I think, I think Henderson was, was much better than he's been. Um, I, I do think that, although I agree we probably need someone more capable in that position, I don't think he's quite as horrendous as some people make him out to be. I think him, and particularly the the work went unnoticed, but they moved the ball so quickly through the midfield and allowed us to transition so quickly. And it doesn't let... It doesn't allow the other team to sit there. It doesn't allow the other team to press. And they kind of go to press, but they're, they're because we're playing one-and-two-touch football in there, it's not quick enough. And that's what leaves little gaps and little spaces, that players as good as Coutinho then, playing at the tip of that midfield, can go and absolutely exploit. And you saw that, a real simple thing, Henderson's one-touch pass to Coutinho. And then he has space to take a couple of touches, allow Salah to make that run in behind, and all of a sudden, bang. He slipped us through the outside of his street and it's 2-0 and it's game over. And what a pass so, it is. And, and what a pass, you know. I like him in a front three as well because I think he offers you loads in that position. But there's no denying the capability that he has from that deep land position when he has players like Salah making those runs in behind or Sturridge making those runs in behind. And I think that's the key for Pate- continue playing in that midfield um, position. He needs those players who are going to make intelligent runs in behind the defence, and it gives him the opportunity to make those passes. And, you know, at the same time, Firmino dropping and drawing people out from the back and creating the space for the pass to be made. So that's where you're going to get the best from him when you put those better players around him. So, yeah, I thought the midfield functioned really well. I expected Chan to start. Um, I expect he'll come in. Um, a, a, um, tomorrow night for me I'm a, a huge fan of Wijnaldum and you know he, I thought as well he got he got far more advanced than he has been in recent yeah. games he was popping up in the box um, more often than he has been so again that helps create space and occupy defenders too all looked all looked grand and, and all relatively through unscathed so all's looking good moving forward in that department
0: I thought one of them, again, had a, a, quietly, a quietly excellent game. And, um, yeah, I mean, I must say I was quite surprised um, not to see Chandler. I thought that the mid-feed functioned really, really well. What did you make of the rooms? Um, you got anything to add on it? Like, um, I thought it was a pretty confident display.
1: Yeah and it's good actually because the midfield often get um, quite a lot of criticism for not being able to control the game because obviously the midfield is so important to sort of transition between the defence and the attack as well so it's good to see them doing well and uh, uh, with Chan as well I think I don't know if I would put him in my team just because I don't know if he's 100% 100% all there. I do okay. think he's um, I think he doesn't really want to play for us. That's my personal feeling. I don't know whether I'm off the mark or whatever it is. I just feel like he, all this transfer saga and the contract not being signed and talk of the release clause and him wanting more money and him wanting a low release. It's just it's all kind of all just bubbling under, isn't it? And it's it's not going away anywhere. And I just think that can't be good for him. And I don't think he's 100%. Mentally, all there. That's just my personal feeling. I I kind of see it as well. You just don't. It doesn't look like he's there. And and when one of your players isn't doesn't want to play or or is thinking of moving or has his head turned, then I just don't know whether it's a good idea to have them play in. Although, like you know, I, I, I expect him to come in. I mean, it's possible that Klopp did. Is just rotating the team, and you know there's there isn't any any issue there with him. But um, and Klopp did actually say in his press conference, whereas normally he he doesn't he says I don't think of the next game, but he's actually said in the last I think the one before yeah. um, the Southampton game that we have to think about them because they're coming up so thick and fast, so it would be a silly not to. So he is he is obviously looking ahead to to how he's gonna rest some players and pick uh, and play the others. So yeah. Chan will probably come in at tomorrow as well, I reckon. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good to see that the midfield getting some praise because uh, more often than not they they get a lot of criticism and I think they did really well Henderson in particular I think you know broke up attacks as well that were Southampton even when they were thinking of or you know of, of trying to move forward and yeah Genie like uh, I mean we've always said that he kind of you don't really notice him sometimes and. Sometimes that's a good thing. You know, he does move the ball on really quickly, whereas sometimes some players just like to take two, three, four touches and slow down attacks. Whereas with him, I've noticed he's always thinking ahead and looking around him and moving the ball on quickly, which, you know, that's that's how Liverpool are at their best when when, when the, the ball's being moved quickly. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. And Coutinho, you know, we've said a lot of things about him already. You know, he's brilliant where he is. In midfield, in attack, wherever he is. But we've got so many more options. Lallana's fit again as well, so I, it's interesting to see how Klopp's going to keep all these players happy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a nice segue to move on to the uh, the Seville game tomorrow. Um, so Champions League, of course, uh, away match in in Seville. Um, of course we know what happened when they came to Anfield, um two two we, we blew a, a, a very commanding position and ended up getting just the point. A really formidable uh record at home in, in general, Dave. I mean they've always been well known for being being very good at home and um they're they're probably gonna have a goddess tomorrow. Um would you say? So yeah, how how do you see it pan out? And with a view to what Umza was, was saying there about about the likes of Chan and what we were talking about earlier with, with Sturridge, how do you do you see a shout for, for these coming in? How, how do you see us lining up? On Chan
2: Um said something there that has just made me realise what my issue is with him right, Chan I just think and have thought for a long time that there's a far better player in there than we've seen at Liverpool we see little flashes of it and occasional games of it but I just think there's a far better player in there than than we've, we've actually had playing for Liverpool football club. And I think that's what my frustration is with him. There's more to that guy's game far more than, than he's displayed so far in his career. And I think you probably will see it in the future, but personally, I think we should have seen it before now. Anyway, I think he'll come in um, because he still has a lot to offer and, I mentioned it last week. Regardless of where his, his mindset is, I think you know. I think he'll still want to be putting himself in the shop window if that's what his game is, and he and if his if this transfer saga is playing out with his end game to be the sign for one of the the top top European clubs, then he's going to need to continue to perform when he gets an opportunity. So, I think we'll see him come in. I think there's an argument for Milner to come in. I think that. Oxley Chamberlain will probably get a start, seeing we didn't mention him last week at all. For some reason, the forgotten man, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Um so I think he'll get a start. And I think it'll be interesting what he does with, with stories. Personally, I think he I think Klopp will start him. I think that's what the manager will do. And I think more so because we have Chelsea at the weekend, and I don't know the, the guys will cover that after the Sevilla game. But you can't play Bobby Firmino every match as much as as much as I would love him to, and as much as Klopp would probably love to. Um, you can't play him every game, and he played ninety minutes on on Saturday. I don't think you can truly expect him to start three matches and play ninety minutes in two of them in in seven or eight days. Yeah, I think we'll see a few changes, and, and this is a this is a bit of a balancing act for Klopp now as to how he gets this right. Because I've already stressed. How important I think the the game against Chelsea is. In saying that, you know we don't really want to see too much rotation, regardless of the performance we saw from Sevilla at at Anfield. They're they're a much better side than that. Their home form is is much much better than their away form, as you mentioned, Neil. So they're a good side. They'll, they'll want to go and play football and they'll, they'll want to try and, try and win the game. So I think I think we're in for a really entertaining match. I guess that kind of suits us with, with how we've been going forward at the moment, um, how we've been at the back recently. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll find out. I expect Gomez to come back in. If Manup's fit, I expect him to come back in. I expect Lovren to probably drop out. And I'm also wondering where Alberto Moreno's going to get a rest because apparently we've got this other Scottish lad that plays left back that we could maybe throw in there. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting one. I mean... I don't. I mean, I, I'm not sure if I see him getting the getting the call up tomorrow night. Though to be fair, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I I don't see I'll be getting the rest myself. So, I mean, you've you've mentioned quite a few there, and I'm going to come back to you in in both of you in in a wee minute because I'm going to ask you to pick me a team. But I'll come to Amara first. I mean, off the top of your head, Oms, um, Dave's mentioned a few changes there, and I think if we counted them up, it would have been would have been something like six, but then at the same time, kind of kind of mentioned and, and stressed that you probably don't want to see too much rotation going on because Sevilla are strong. I mean, who do you see coming in? You mentioned Emery. Uh, do you think he will start storage and, and will Gomez come back in? How do you see it going?
1: I think Gomez will come back in. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold won't play another one. In succession, mm-hmm. um, I think Matip he's uh, he's been ruled out. I don't think he, he's even gone. So Lovren oh, really? and Clavan probably yes. gonna yeah he's right. he's gonna be fit for Chelsea though okay. apparently. Okay. So I reckon obviously Lovren is gonna. have to start with Clavan. Moreno I think starts. He's just I don't think he's droppable at the moment. <laughs> he's playing so well. The midfield yeah Channel probably come in for either probably Henderson I reckon. I think it will be. Um, I don't know that I'd mess about with the front three only because I think this is a game that you really want to win and you don't really want to be going into the last game, although it's against Spartak at home, having... you know, you having to win that game, you know, it would be nice to have some pressure off. Mm. Having said that, you know, like you guys have said, there's three games in quick succession. Chelsea's a big one on uh, on Saturday. If it was any other team, a lower maybe it's one of the lower teams in the Premier League, then we would have probably seen a full strength team tomorrow. But I think he's going to have to make changes. If Sturridge does come in and Firmino drops out, I'm all for that. You know, I love Sturridge. I'd start him every time. That's about it. I wouldn't make too many changes either. I think because because then you just you don't want to mess up with the with the kind of the dynamic of the team too much. Salah, I think, starts no, and Mane will start. And then if if you know if we're in a, in a good position, then they can kind of maybe bring them off early. But it all depends, doesn't it? So yeah, I think a couple. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go as far as to make five or six changes, but um, I guess in the grand scheme of things. The Chelsea game has to be, you know, on on his mind a little bit more where because if we don't for some reason get a win tomorrow and we manage just a draw, then it's not all lost. I mean, we've still got, like I said, the last game at Anfield, which we should win, really. But, you know, wouldn't it be great to just finish the job off tomorrow and have a nice uh, game? a home game, a uh, last Champions League group game, um, not having to worry too much. So, yeah, I think uh, just a couple of changes, hopefully, not too many. And then if it all goes well, you can kind of bring bring players off after maybe 60 minutes or something like that. Yeah, so that's, that's I think, how Car- we all know Carrius is going to play. So Mignolet is going to get his rest. But, uh, yeah, that's about it, really, I think.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I can't really argue with, with any of that. So I'm gonna yeah combine is on this one. I'm gonna paint uh, paint the picture, if you will. We we talked about it pre pod. Uh, two draws basically sees us sees us through, um, and we discussed. Basically, that come first or second in the group, you're essentially, you're, you're probably going to be up against a, a top class opponent no matter what, with, um, with Real Madrid currently second in their group and Bayern Munich looking to, looking like they're going to finish second in their group and, and so on. So, two draws will do. Um, you've got Chelsea at the weekend and you're going to, you've got the injuries that you've got, obviously, um, Matt out and so on. So, who, who are we starting? Um, what's your team? Um, we mentioned Caris is, is going to start at the back in in goal. So where do we go from there?
1: Obviously, we said Carius I think Gomez comes in. Lovren, Clavar, Moreno, okay, Coutinho, Wijnaldum, and Chan, Salah, storage and Mane. For me, that's about the the only changes I'd make.
0: Okay, okay. So you're going you're going very very strong. So- Three no
1: ch- changes, yeah,
0: for okay. me. No changes in the front three. And how about you, uh, Dave? Do you disagree with that anywhere? Is there any, any other change you can see him making or that
2: you, you would be tempted to make? Ums I'll see your three and I'll raise your three. Yes, I agree with the back five. Carius, Gomez, and Clavin, Moreno. And that's more necessity. by force than anything else. Yeah, yeah necessity, yeah. That's, that's more by necessity than anything else. I think Chan comes in for Henderson. I think Milner comes in for Wijnaldum. Coutinho, I think it was very blatant that he was taken off right after the the third goal was scored on Saturday. So I think he'll start. And then Salah will start I think because you just can't not start him at the moment. He's on that rich vein of form where you just get him on the pitch wherever you can. And when goal scorers are in that type of form, you just want them to play every minute there, every minute possible. I think Sturridge comes in for for Mino you know, for all the aforementioned reasons. And then the only question mark that I have is is Mane's fitness. Um, Mane did come off for fifteen twenty to go, I think on on Saturday. He did, I. Eh? Is it because he is not quite 100% yet, or is it because he wants him for, for, for tomorrow night? I don't know. If he doesn't play him, which I don't think he will, it'll be Oxley at Chamberlain. It's just a strange one. I don't think personally there would be so many changes if it wasn't Chelsea at the weekend. Um, I don't think there would be so many changes if, 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 or I, Sorry, I do think there would be this many changes, regardless if it was Maribor. So I, I think that these two games, because I feel they're, they're fairly important in the grand scheme of the rest of the season, I think he will give these guys minutes and, and really go full throttle um, against Chelsea. And I'm optimistic. Well, more hope. Than optimism that that Lallana gets the minutes as well yeah, um, on Tuesday night yeah. just to try and just to try and phase him back in because I think again coming to this busy period he's another one that can can really contribute um, and really try and ease the load of some of the other players.
0: Interesting. So you're making a, a few more then? Yeah. Well, I think that can't really argue with with the logic on either side. Um, I'd be interested to see. I mean. I think Sturridge does need his game uh, at some point, and I don't think you start him against Chelsea. So I think this this would make sense, especially given as as you mentioned, Firmino did the full ninety, bound to start against Chelsea. It would be interesting. I can't see him making the the all six changes now. I have to say, yeah, there is there is a shout there is a shout for Sturridge. I'm not sure. There's the question mark on Mane as you mentioned was he injured uh, obviously we knew he was carrying the hamstring injury then he, he came back quicker than expected played for us played a great game then he went off to Senegal came came back after after one game it was reported as if it if it was a as if it had been a flare up of the injury however yeah, a lot of talk says that it wasn't. A lot of talk says that it was pre-arranged uh, that he would only play the one game, and we had actually sent a physio with him, as as far as I'm aware, to monitor his progress and so on. Of course, he came back and was able to play for us seventy minutes last week and, and play well. So it's an interesting one. Depend on on how how bad that hamstring is. If if it does need a rest, then then maybe it's not a bad shot either on on him getting the rest. But um, if it doesn't. I think he, I think he plays him, and I think the one, the one temptation he might, might have is, is to, is to bring in storage for Firmino in that front three. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap, wrap up on Sevilla and, and put you on the spot for a prediction, Dave. No Milner, reckon? no Milner for you, Chief. For me, oh, no, I think, I think you keep him on the bench because, like you say, I think you. I mean, if you want to go, a point is is the minimum requirement. But if you want to go and really be in the game, and I I wouldn't be starting Milner there just just in terms of I don't know of, of speed in and around that midfield area, especially if you if you if you've got a Chan, of Milner a Coutinho midfield. Well, maybe maybe there's not a lot of pace. There. There's not a lot of one touch play going on there. I'd be tempted to can't, know can't see. Go I can't ahead.
1: see Klopp putting out a team to draw, though. He's going to go out to win.
0: Exactly. exactly. This isn't and
1: Jose Mourinho, is it? Yeah.
0: And I think if if you are making the changes, for example, bring bringing Emery back in as as we we say he's likely likely to make, um, as he's likely to do. Sorry, and um, you you do potentially bring in bring in Sturridge or or an Oxley Chamberlain up front. Then then are you going to make four or five changes? I'm not sure. I mean. Milner's obviously going to be um, going to be in and around, and, and maybe he does go with Milner because he's he's played him there a few times already this season and to, to good effect. The potential is there. It's nice to, in a way, not be a hundred percent sure uh, what the what the team's going to be because you have options. I just I just think he'll go as strong as he
2: can. Really, the only reason I'm saying this is because I'm I looked at the fixtures. And the number of fixtures that we have between now and Christmas, and probably into January as well with the FA Cup kicking off, is absolutely insane. Like, it is insane. We have, we've obviously got Sevilla tomorrow night. Then we've got Chelsea at the weekend. Then the following Wednesday, we've got Stoke. Then we move into December. That's the 30th of December. The following Saturday at 3 o'clock, we've got Brighton away. Then the Wednesday we've Spartak at home. And then the crazy Christmas period kicks in as early as the 10th of December, where you've got the Derby on the Sunday after Spartak Moscow at home. Then on the Wednesday, it's West Brom. Then on the Sunday, you're away to Bournemouth. Then you get, it's not even a week because you play on the Friday after that, which is away to Arsenal on Friday night, which the way their home record is, you want to be fairly fresh for that, and that's on the 22nd of December. And then on Boxing Day, you Swansea. And then on the 30th, which is the Saturday after the Tuesday, it, it's home to Leicester. So that's between, that, that's it. Those games are in, in a period of and six then weeks. Do we not have City or something on the second? I haven't, go, I haven't even gone into
1: New Year yet. Yeah, I and mean, we're we not, not even in the League Cup either. Yeah. you know what I mean?
2: It's, it's Burnley and New Year. it's a way to Burnley on New Year's Day. Oh, is it? You know, and then FA Cup starts. Yeah, it's so, not. I mean,
0: it's it's the most mental ever. There's an extra Christmas. There's an extra festive fixture
2: in there uh, this year by all accounts. Like the Chris, the Christmas period's going to go on for longer than people keep their fucking Christmas trees up. I know it's it's it's, it's 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 something
0: ridiculous, like thirteen league games or something in that period. It's like a it's, third of the season
2: in three weeks. Yeah, it's absolutely mad. So. That, that, I'm just looking at that and I'm thinking, right, well, if we, if we play these guys, that's going to be what? Practically, like, that's the team that's practically started then the last six games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Um, Plus, plus the international mileage they have in their legs too. So I'm just thinking that these guys, not just to give the other players a rest, but you need to get them up to, you need to get those guys, the Milners and the Sturridges, um, and the Oxy team, you need to get them up to speed sooner rather than later, because they're going to need to have to start matches soon, not just come off from the bench.
0: Absolutely. No, I hear you. And it, it's a good shot for all of it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what Klopp puts out tomorrow night. Um, I just have that inkling. They want to get things done, you know, done and then. The rotational will begin. For example, if, if you do beat Sevilla tomorrow, then, then, then you can rotate everybody against Bartak, for example. But we'll, we'll just see how it pans out. But, uh, I'll bring you back to that prediction and then we'll move on briefly to, to chat about Chelsea. So what do you reckon?
2: Um, 3-2 will win because we're better going forward. Nice, but I think there, uh, yeah, there's going to be goals. It's going to, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game of football. Personally,
0: excellent. So it's going to be a humdinger, and we're going to come out on top. Lovely, couldn't really be better. What about you,ums? How do you see it going?
1: Well, I- I'll need to know what Sevilla are doing at the moment. So maybe one of you guys can tell me. <laughs> no, if they any good? Because they were a bit Liga crappy Liga when, the when the we minute, played I them think? last. Year. Sorry. I think they're fifth round about
0: fifth in La Liga at the minute. Um, as usual, very strong. At strong at home not not so good away but good home mm. record I'm
1: going to go for 2-1 to Liverpool as well I can't predict anything other than a win Yeah, just doesn't feel right <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm with you yeah, on I'd, I'd,
1: I'd love to see us wrap it up tomorrow really would
0: yeah, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be great all around. It'll Be great for the confidence. It'll be give it, give give it good, good chance for rotation in that Spartak game as as we just mentioned. And um, yeah, it would just be be perfect then going into Chelsea as
2: well, knowing that you you've got that wrapped up. Um, so yeah. just to put it, just to put it into perspective, it doesn't look like they've lost at home this season. Yeah. I knew they're very very um, strong. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: they, only they, ruining they, everything. Dave?
2: Yeah, oh, oh, only Barcelona have more points than them at home in the league. They've they've sixteen they've sixteen points from from six games, and uh, I I don't think they've they know they haven't lost in the Champions League either, have they? No.
1: Oh, God, correct no. me if I'm wrong, but I think from the press conference today, um, Klopp has never beaten a severe side either in any of these teams previously, <laughs> so it would be a first. Well, yeah, but
2: they're a good side, and they've been a good side for a few years now. So you know,
1: yeah,
0: and we it's, know them well. We know them well. A,
1: and the host, the atmosphere apparently at their stadium is really passionate. Um, passionate. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be another thing to deal with. So you know, maybe a draw wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> no, know. Draw, You've a... said that.
0: Yeah, draw's a good result. I mean, a point yeah. is fine. Two two draws and we're through and, and, and that's fine. But to wrap it up tomorrow would be would yes. be
2: fantastic. Um, What do you think, Neil? Because you were right at the weekend with 3-0. So I, well I was actually uh, when I
0: enjoyed that one. It doesn't
2: happen too often. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what do you think? Give us another one. Yeah, I think, a I think
0: similar to you. I think it'll be um a high score and kind of they come at us, we try and, and hit them on the break. Kind of an affair, and um, yeah, two two or or three two to us. I can see, I can see a lot of goals. I don't. I just hope we don't lose. I don't see us losing. I think, yeah, they haven't lost at home, but but we're an exceptional, an exceptional side. We're exceptionally talented forward players, and we're always capable of scoring. So, um, let's just let's just hope we do. So yeah, two two, or maybe we'll sneak a three two. All right, so a um, couple of minutes left, so we're not really going to get into the Chelsea game because we're going to leave that to the lads uh, and lads and lasses to to do on Thursday night, I think. Um, there's going to be another copcast coming to you after the uh, Champions League game, or talking about the Champions League game possibly uh, Wednesday or Thursday. So stay tuned for that, but we're just going to touch briefly on it. Um, just to, just to put this question to you, Dave. Chelsea the weekend the standings as they are huge game
2: no yeah it's 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 massive um i I think it is massive. I know people will say we're we're early on in the season, but I think if we get a good result on Tuesday night, you know that becomes more than just three points it becomes momentum. It becomes momentum for us moving into that period and and trying to cement ourselves at the top end of that bunch of five behind city. We we talked already about the tops the top six almost always getting results against the rest. Well, these are the types of games that are going to determine where you finish up at the end of the season. Ultimately, that's why we 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 ended up in the in the top four last season because we took six points off Arsenal, um, and they finished the point behind us. So you know that's why we were there. So these these games are massively massively important. I feel, um. So yeah, I think it represents an opportunity more than anything else. Um, they're a funny side at the minute. They kind of up and down. They look great at the weekend. Um, you know, they, they beat Man United. City played them off the park, and you know they, they've had some funny results. Again, haven't looked like massively funny results like the Burnley result earlier on the season. Similarly, our Watford result. The, it, it doesn't quite look as as bizarre now in retrospect as it did then so we'll see but personally I fancy us at home against anybody at the minute so you know, we get through the there and we win that and then all of a sudden we're looking in really great shape going into that that insane pile up of fixtures that we talked about
0: No absolutely and, and the reason I say that Rums is because Chelsea are sitting in, in third on, on 25 and of course we're in fifth on 22 so the victory there at home not only would it uh, would it give us that uh, that victory over a, a, a top four rival um, and and give us that sort of um, or remind us or um, how how good we have been against those rivals in in recent times, particularly last season. I know we beat Arsenal earlier in the year, but that that seemed to seemed a little routine. Not not to sound um, smug about it or whatever, but I think. Contest Chelsea, they had a wobble earlier in the season. There's a lot of question. Martin didn't start so so great. Um is the manager happy? Is he gonna last? Problems with Costa and so on. The seem the scene to put that right now. Um they've been looking good. They're they're in good form at the moment. That win, that three points, could just could just yeah, could just open things up nicely. It would, would probably leave us in the top four at the end of the weekend and certainly leave us level up points with Chelsea. Going forward And it would be um, If we beat Sevilla If we, if we beat Sevilla You'd, you'd be going in that game Five wins in a row So I mean How do you see it I think it's a Pretty big game Coming up
1: Yeah It is um, Like you said It would take us Level on points For Chelsea um, um, Depending on the Other results Obviously as well I think Tottenham Playing West Brom Or something at home So they, they should um, Get three points there But yeah Get that it's Gary just, an- Bounce Yeah, but also the I mean you mentioned the Arsenal game which seems like an eon ago now but we've not done so great against the others Spurs obviously City United so with that top six really good record that we had last season it kind of has fallen away a bit so it would Mm. be really good to get that back on track um, and just just to kind of boost our own confidence that we are, we are up there like we were last season with, with the top six at least. So, yeah, I mean, and then if, you know, obviously if you've got top four aspirations anyway, you, you definitely want to be taking points off your rivals, um, especially at home. So you want to be looking to go in there with the mentality that you're going to win that game. Um, and yeah, we're, we're in such good form at the moment, uh, attacking wise anyway. Um, clean sheets as well last few games so I mean it's not going to get carried away obviously we haven't played that great of opposition but still it's still good for the confidence because you know Liverpool at Liverpool we didn't teams didn't need to do much against us to score anyway so the fact that we are keeping them at bay even then is is a good thing it's a positive anyway because we were letting in goals from any old Tom, Dick and Harry weren't we recently so um, shutting anything out really is good. So yeah, it's, it is huge. I think, and although as we mentioned before, Klopp doesn't like to look ahead to next end. You can't you can't not go into tomorrow's game thinking about that Chelsea game. It's just too huge. As I said, if it was I don't know Middlesbrough or West Ham or. A, uh, Sun, not Sunderland they're in the championship now aren't they or in Everton or whatever you wouldn't be or an Everton maybe obviously because it's a derby but <laughs> you wouldn't really be maybe thinking about it too much but you have to because we are back on track on the league we had a wobble in the beginning um, but we are sort of getting back up there now Cloy and our way back up so you don't want to lose that momentum at all so yeah huge game there so two back-to-back huge games really so um, we'll hopefully, I think, you know, at home, we really do want to be getting a good result.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it never stops, really, as a Liverpool fan. Two two huge games in a, in a week and Liverpool bid to make it five wins in a row in all competitions against Sevilla tomorrow night, and then of course they host Chelsea on on Saturday night, and what proves to uh, and promises to be a uh, yeah huge huge game at the top of the table, and um, yeah. will hopefully tell us a little bit more about uh, this Liverpool side and its aspirations yeah. this season. So, we'll,
1: we'll so e- it's an evening kickoff as well, sorry it's an evening kickoff as well. Night.
0: So we Big much win. better
1: um, fare much better in those kind of uh, games as well.
0: Yeah, we tend to do well. It's on TV, it's under the lights, it's the crowd's gonna be gonna be raucous. Everyone will have had a drink, so um yeah, look forward to it indeed. So uh we'll wrap it up there, I think, for this this episode of Copcast. Yeah, we chatted about Southampton, we talked about Sevilla and we had um a brief chat there, a brief look forward to the, the Chelsea game. So all that remains for me to do is ask my um esteemed guest to tell you a little bit about where you can find them, follow them, what, what they're up to at the moment. So
1: start with Umara. Um, you've written something on scenes,
0: I guess? Uh,
1: yeah, I did, yeah, after a little while, actually. So just when you thought it was safe to go back <laughs> on Twitter, I'm back with, <laughs> with the match report. But yeah, that's, that's a regular thing I do anyway, so expect that from me if I'm not working that I can get one in. So yeah, uh, check those out, um, yeah, and share them if you like them
0: excellent excellent so yeah get on those umara's match reports you can find them on on cop left and
2: how about you dave anything to plug this week just yeah just do my articles um and they are they are great but you know share them if you like them and share them if you don't like them because if you (laughs) do if you don't i've no doubt that somebody who sees you retweet will so um knock yourselves out
1: or I'll I'll put out an angry tweet or something reminding you all how mean you are, like I did that yesterday. Doesn't,
2: that doesn't sound like you at all. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually I
1: have my moments, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, well, save us all from Amara's angry tweets and, and get, get retweeting those, those mass reports. I've nothing really to plug either, uh, apart from Umara's fantastic match reports, of course. And of course, the, the Copcast podcast. As I said, um, the lads are going to be, uh, lads and lasses are going to be knocking out another one after the Champions League. So keep, uh, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, that should come out on Thursday. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me, uh, at Neil1980 on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's really up to you. Uh, don't moan about it if you do. And other than that, yeah, we look forward to hopefully, as we say, five wins in a row, qualification from the Champions League, and and a good good we win over Chelsea at the weekend. But whatever we've had, we're in a good vein of form at the moment, and long may it continue. So, thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back as I said in a few days.